Cairo, Seattle. It's time to get schooled with a professor, John Clayton. And welcome to Schooled with a Professor, John Clayton here. And of course, uh, you know, everything is going crazy in college football because, you know, week to week, day to day, you're trying to figure out who's in, who's out. But nobody's able to figure it out better than Jim Nagy, who, of course, uh, runs the Senior Bowl. And so, Jim, I guess the big picture, I mean, you scouted here in Seattle, you scouted in the National Football League. How does any team put together a scouting plan for a year where you have conferences that are going to be maybe going in the spring? I mean, you have right now, you know, three of the five power conferences trying to do things. And then even on those teams, some players are opting out. Yeah, John, those are all, all great questions. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on, on the podcast. Um, yeah, the, the college football world, the sky was kind of falling there last week with, uh, you know, Big Ten closing down and Pac-12. It, it, what it's done, it's, it's really forced all, all the 32 teams to reassess how they do things. And I, I think, you know, we've been in this pandemic long enough now that um, there's some carryover coming out of the draft process. So um, so at least these, these guys are used to the Zoom calls, um, which they're having to do a lot more of now. They did that leading up to the draft. Uh, you know, in lieu of having 30 visits, they – they relied on the Zoom calls, which they're doing now at the schools, and, and you know the schools have, have been good enough to let our staff here at the Reese Senior Bowl get on those calls. I um, mean, they're great, and the schools are being as forthcoming as possible. But like you know, for example, they're they're just not. It's not the same as as, as being on campus all fall, you know, and and having traffic through those schools and relying on your relationships as a scout. I mean, it's just it's different being on a Zoom with with all 31 other teams as opposed to you know being in the building and, and shutting the door behind you and, and sitting down with an assistant coach and, and really asking him some, some pointed questions. So um, they're going to be behind when it comes to, uh, you know, just simple information gathering on these players and getting to feel like they know the players. So there's, you know, that's going to put, you're going to put more emphasis on the pre-draft process, you know, a senior bowl being, being one of those things. And, um, you know, and then just in terms of tape, they're, they're, they're not going to have tape on some of these guys. So, you always want to have a couple years spread on a player, um, you know, so they watch the, the 2019 stuff. So on the Pac-12 and Big Ten guys, I'm sure most teams are going back to 18 tape and making sure they have a nice spread on these guys and um, just to kind of check that career arc. So, uh, yeah, it's just making everyone, every walk alive. I think we're all trying to figure out new ways to do things and in, in, in what we're being faced with. And the NFL is no different. So, I mean, everyone's coming up with different things, but they, they're they're being resourceful. It's forcing everyone to kind of think outside the box. Yeah, and I, I guess that's the thing that's uh, you know just so different about all this is that, uh, and what I know, there's a growing t- t- tendency in some of the general managers to think, okay, uh, a little concern about some of these guys being younger coming into the league, but also not having enough experience, uh, you know, like one year experience as a starter. And, you know, particularly you can't even evaluate the injury trends on some of these guys, because a lot of guys, they may have a little bit of an injury history, but if you only are able to play one or two years with the opt outs and no conferences in some cases, that's going to even make it tougher. Yeah. It's just a smaller sample size all the way around to, ev- to evaluate all that stuff, John. So no, you're right. Um, it is. It's make it's making things more difficult, and that's that's why you know why we've talked about. We had a Zoom call last week with all 32 teams. It was, it was really important for us to set that up. I think we had 70 guys on the call, or there was, there was uh, you know three guys from the Seahawks on that call. And basically, you know, one of the one of the biggest things for me was to let them know that we're going to be flexible here here down in Mobile for our game, or um, if we if we 
need to move our game. Um, if the if the league office goes ahead and, and moves the draft this year back to that June second date that they can move it back to is the latest possible date. Um, if they do that and the combine shifts, um, we're willing to shift accordingly. And then also, um, you know, if we if if we need to extend our week uh, to accommodate the teams and give them more time around these guys, uh, we'll do that. And I think right right now that sounded like maybe the best option because these. These Pac-12 and Big Ten guys, if they haven't put pads on in over 12 months, they're going to need some sort of ramp-up process, you know, to, to to ramp up into pads. They're not going to want to show up in Mobile on Sunday and be in pads on Tuesday. So I'm sensitive to that as well. Um, these guys want to show their best. And uh, so if we went to, like, more of a two-week format, we would, you know, we could have more uh, conditioning time and, and maybe some time, more just time in shells with, with helmets and shoulder pads before we went to full pads and, and I think that serves everyone. I think it serves the players well. They can shake the rust off, and it and it serves these teams well because um, they just get you know such more of an evaluation period. Yeah, I know the one thing that I was looking at the other day is that uh, you know with the Pac Pac twelve and the Big Ten pulling out, and I was going through like a three round mock draft, and I was already counting up along with the opt outs. Maybe like uh, twenty five to twenty eight of those guys aren't going to be playing this fall, and that's just, and that number is growing each day. I know two uh, opted out that were considered pretty good choices in the last 24 hours and so the you, and we don't know the extent of how many players are going to opt out you know you're right uh there have been some really good players and i'm sitting here staring at our board right now and and we've got the we've got the school logos on each card so they're pretty easy to identify but yeah i'm just looking up there there's a lot of big 10 there's there's some pac 12 um you know washington there's there's some really good some really guys, really good players right there. You dub that we like. So, um, you know, we're just trying to stay on top of that. I'm, my fear is that um, what there there might be an avalanche of these opt outs, right? Like as soon as as soon as a, a group of them start to go, it might uh, it really might be a trend. So we just have to stay on top of it. And again, one of the guys that opted out today um, is the guy that's going to be eligible for the Senior Bowl. He's going to have his his degree in December. He's actually a junior, but those guys can play in our game if they have that diploma in December. So we're just we're just really it's forcing us to really stay on top of things, and and again, it's changing on a on pretty much an hour to hour basis right now. Oh yeah, and I guess the one thing that is so different, and I guess it kind of just woke me up a little bit when I was looking at these mock drafts. I mean, again, and you know this better than anybody. I mean, it seems like uh, ninety to ninety three percent of the players all come from the Power Five schools that are going to be drafted in the first three rounds. It, it, that's right. You know, even last year, I mean, I think the SEC for the last two years has accounted for over a quarter of the total draft. So they are, they come from the big schools. I mean, we like, we like getting small school players in our game, um, because it like, you know, it's, it's a good way for those guys to show themselves against top competition and, and it erases that doubt for the NFL guys. So, uh, you know, Kyle Duggar from Lenore Ryan last year, Division two guy, um, Jeremy Chin in the second round from Southern Illinois. We don't we don't want to have too many, but we want the legit guys. Um, but that's why we, you know we really focus on those Power Five conferences. If you just um, if you just boil it down, if you look at the numbers, I think we did a study one year when I was in New England years ago. And uh, if you just went to the to Power Five schools, I think it is over ninety percent of the entire draft come from those Power Five conferences. 
Yeah, and that's a, now, I'm wondering, uh, will you be sensitized to this at the Senior Bowl? Because two of the top three quarterbacks uh, are not going to be playing this year. We all know that you know it's right now Trevor Lawrence is going to be playing, but two of the top three, at least early candidates in the draft, aren't going to have a year. Will you and would the, you be more sensitized to try to get those guys in there so they can try to show something? Because I know Joe Burrow said that uh, you know sometime this year, it's like if he were in a situation like this this year and he wasn't playing. He wasn't going to be the first pick in the draft. He didn't even know if he was going to be drafted. Yeah, I think Joe's being pretty humble there. He would have been. <laughs> we had him in the we had him in the third round last year at this time on the board, right where Kyle Trask from Florida is right now. He he would have been drafted. He certainly wouldn't have been the number one pick, but um, he would have gone. But no, it's it's uh, with the quarterback thing. It's going to be interesting, and that's really our our will be our sales pitch here at the at the Reese's Senior Bowl to Trevor Lawrence. Is um, you know, Coach Sweeney gave us a heads up at our game last year that, that Trevor would have his diploma in December um, and would be eligible to come down and play in the game. So, uh, you know, Justin Fields at Ohio State won't be able to do that, and uh, Trey Lance at North Dakota State won't be able to play. So, to me, this is where Trevor can kind of separate himself from those two guys. And going back to, you know, what you were talking about earlier, I mean, it's really a, really a tough decision for Trey Lance. He's, you know, had a great redshirt freshman year last year and put up, you know, unprecedented numbers, and he is really talented when you put on the tape. But he's, you know, he's a one-year producer at the FCS level with no playoff games. That opener this year against Oregon was going to be huge for him, and then he can't play in an All-Star game. So, um, I mean, I don't think a guy like that would fall out of the first round entirely. But um, to be a GM and have to have to pick that guy to be your franchise quarterback with such a limited resume, um, that 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 would be tough. So it, it'll be uh, this year is impacting a lot of players and, and none more than a guy like Trey Lance. Yeah, are there what is, is there other thing maybe quarterback? Is there a position that could be hurt with the that maybe hit hard with opt outs and uh, no conferences? Uh, you know, I'm just looking how things stack right now. I mean, I, it, there doesn't seem to be a trend so far. I mean, it, it, it right now it looks to be a little more skill related. You know, wide receiver. Um, I think like at the running back position, if, if you, if you came out of last year's draft cycle and you opted to stay in, um, it probably, you probably felt like you needed to do something more on tape. So I think those running backs will probably stay put. Uh, that's a good question, John. Like, I don't, I don't have a great answer for that one. Yeah. Cause again, it's like, it's, it's just so different to try to, to track it all down. But, but you know, you're right. It's like when I was going over the mock draft, it was all over the place. I mean, and you're right. And from what I gather, this is going to be a very good year for cornerbacks, if I'm not mistaken, and also wide receivers. Yeah. The receiver class is going to be good again for our game. It's a, it's a great year for running backs. And we've got Travis Etienne from Clemson and Najee Harris at Alabama and, Trey Thurman at Ohio State. I mean, there's some. It's a really good running back class. Corner wide out is strong. Uh, it's a really good outside linebacker edge group this year, and uh, it's a it's a very strong offensive line class. So, just going back a couple years ago, my first year after I left the Seahawks and came here to the Senior Bowl, we had five offensive linemen go in the first round, and then our North squad that year, nine of the ten linemen on that squad went in the first three rounds. And uh, I actually think going into the year, this was this was going to be a stronger class than that. So that, that's a pretty loaded class, too. I'd say the one position that's probably the thinnest right now, John, is uh, the interior defensive line. That's uh, 
there is not much depth there at all. Hmm. Interesting. Now, what, the, what? How did you get the magic touch? Because I think of anybody that's run the Senior Bowl, you've probably had the best success of getting draftable players that end up getting drafted and then doing well. What? What? What is it that you've been able to do? You know, we 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 try really trying to do this thing like an NFL team. Again, it's it's a big job. Um, and it's, it's hard to do the entire country by yourself. So all we did differently was, uh, I reached out to a lot of guys in the NFL that I worked with that maybe found themselves out of a job. And that, and that happens when you work in football. You know, John, I mean, you're going to be, you're going to be caught in the crosshairs at some point if you work in football. So, uh, found a lot of guys that were, were out of work for a year, you know, maybe under contract with the team still. Uh, and had those guys, we had a great spread the first year all across the country. So we were, I, I, gosh, I think out of the 115 guys my first year, I think we saw 112 of them live in games, you know, and then we got taped to them. And so just trying to run this, this place like as close as we can to an NFL personnel department and then helping those guys land back in the league. So, uh, you know, kind of design it. I want this to be a rotating door every year, you know, where we can get guys that uh, have an NFL evaluating experience and down here helping us and then, and then land back in the league the next year. So, um, you know, that, that's really been the key is just watching a lot of tape and being in a lot of games. And then, I mean, I guess the other thing was, is we, we really include the NFL, um, in the bottom part of our roster selection. So, I mean, the first 80 to 90 guys are, are, are pretty, pretty easy. Um, and then this game is for those guys, right? So, I mean, this, these rosters aren't for us. And, and we have had formal calls with, uh, over half the league each of the last two years. So I'll call the guys in Seattle. Um, and we'll go over the board position by position around where our cut line is. Um, and I'll tell them the names that, uh, you know, that we like for those final spots and bounce some names off them and, uh, you know, just get their input. And, uh, so far we've had, we've had success these first two years and we just got to keep it going. I'm sure on that conference call with the GMs and uh, the coaches and all that, uh, there had to be the discussion as far as what uh, you know what to do. Should there be an additional combine? Because you know you have the combine in February, but uh, it sounds like some talk they might want to have an additional one in December. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of a lot of ideas right now, John, and then we're we're thinking outside the box and what things we can do down here in Mobile as well. Maybe maybe an event in December. Uh, for Big Ten, Pac-12, Mountain West, MAC level, uh, FCS guys. Um, so we're, we're thinking about that. And again, December sounds far away, but it's not when you're trying to put on an event like that. So we're, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're really going through this stuff pretty quickly here this week. Stuff starting to materialize. So we're, I think, you know, anything we can do to help the 32 teams and help the league, um, evaluate these players, we're going to try to do. I mean, this is our, this is our space and it's a unique year and we, re- we really have to, uh, you know, we really have to come up with some new ideas to help these guys out. What feel do you get uh, from the GMs? Because I'm sure the coaches are resistant to this as far as the necessity uh, to move the draft back. Because, you know, the one thing that uh, I'm sure from the coaches standpoint, they don't get the OTAs. They don't get the mini camp, something they had to go through this year. Uh, how, how do you think that is going to go? Because, again, June 2nd is the last day that you can have a draft with the approval of the Players Association. But also that cuts down the time that the coaches can have with the players. Yeah, I think, John, I think if you moved it back, June 2nd is that date, but I think if you moved it back somewhere in that last week in May, so pick a date, like May 25th, and that would give you, that would give you about a month. If you, you would have the players, you would have that rookie class through rookie minicamp and OTAs. 
till that last week in June, and you could let him go and be off for a month and bring him back for training camp, and then you'd be close to on schedule on, on what a normal calendar would look like. And again, if the coaches got three or four weeks this year, that's a lot better than anything they had. Uh, you know, if you had three or four weeks next year out of this draft cycle, that's a lot better than what they had this year. So um, I think they would, I think they would take that. But any time the league can buy right now to, to understand these players and uh, like the tape is one thing and, and evaluating that, but getting to know these guys, I mean, I just speak from, from my experience, the, the teams I've worked for and, and the mistakes I've made personally, um, a lot of it's because you don't understand the person good enough. You know, you really don't, you don't have a good feel for the guy. And uh, to me, I just, I feel like you, you miss on the person more than you miss on the player sometimes. So I think any time they can buy to help figure these guys out, um, even from a character perspective, is, is going to be beneficial. How bad do you feel for the undrafted guys this year? Because it, it, it was kind of weird because what happened was, you know, May 11th is my birthday, and the 426th undrafted free agent agreed on that, on that day, May 11th. And after that, there was maybe only one or two added. That, and so and now we're down to like about 317. So basically, you have more than 100 players who are undrafted that never even had a chance to put the pads on. Yeah, John, that's a, that's a great point. I feel really bad for this class. I really do. And we had, we had some guys out of the Senior Bowl that didn't get drafted this year. I think we had 93 total that got drafted. Um, but there, there's guys that weren't, and this was not the year to do it. I mean, it's really tough without, without the off season, um, you know, and without training camp, without preseason games. It's just, it's a monumental task to even stick around in a practice squad right now because teams are going to want to stock their practice squad with, you know, with guys with experience. And, uh, you know, it's, so it's, it's really difficult. And then the other hard thing is there's going to be a whole new crew of guys coming in next year, right, John? So right. it's like, you know, there's a whole new cycle of guys. And some, you know, there's a lot of these guys from this year are going to get lost and get washed out in that process. So, I really hope that that an XFL or some sort of developmental league materializes to give these guys a chance. Because again, the NFL to me is all about right place, right time, right opportunity. It's not always about talent. Um, some guys just need that chance. Um, and and really. Very few of these guys that went undrafted this year are getting a legit chance. Yeah, you feel bad for them because, again, what you're talking about now is that there's 10 per team, and then some teams pretty much elected not to even add hardly any. Like the Redskins, they only had four undrafted players that they signed, which is you know very low. And even the teams that started with like 17 or 18 are right now down to 10 or 11. Yeah, and those are some of the those are some yeah those are some of the greatest stories every year. This is. I mean, to me, that's the fun part of August is to see which of these undrafted guys, you know, become the household names for, uh, you know, for the month of August. And they show out in the preseason games and they, they get everyone buzzing in the area. I remember like, uh, you know, Kaysen up from UW, the receiver, we had Kaysen up in Seattle, um, you know, had a lot of buzz a couple of years ago. And, and, and you're not going to have that this year. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a bummer. They work so hard for it and they're, you know, kind of right at the cusp of realizing their dream and, and, then you know the wrench got thrown in it this year, so you just hope, you hope at some point um, teams will circle back and give some of these guys a chance. But it's just it's just a really tough year. Jim Nagy, how does everybody keep in touch and what to do as far as following the Senior Bowl on a day to day basis? Because again, it's always interesting. And you're right, ninety three ninety three drafted players from last year. Yeah, forty in the first three rounds each of the last two years. So we're we're proud of that number too. Um, yeah, you can follow us on on social media. Uh, I'm at Twitter at Jim Nagy underscore SB. It sounds really weird. 
sounds really weird to say, John. When you're a scout in the NFL, you do, you are not on social media. So there was that's been a, that's been an adjustment for me. And then it, and then our Senior Bowl is at Senior Bowl um, at, at Twitter, and then our website is SeniorBowl.com. This is good timing. Uh, Thursday of this week, we are going to be releasing our our Senior Bowl Top 250, John. So we've called it our watch list the last couple of years. This year, we really pared that thing down um, because of the circumstances. We didn't want to include some guys, some small school guys, maybe that would be determining their decision based off, you know, maybe being on a watch list, not to overplay the importance of our game at all. But, you know, some of these small school guys are, are grasping at anything, any kind of information to help them make a decision. And uh, we, we really wanted to keep this list of, of guys that we felt like are safely draftable, um, have a very good chance of getting drafted next April. So um, that's going to be coming out on, on Thursday of this week. We're excited about that. And uh, we're going to be cranking out content all fall. I mean, we, I mean, even if they're not playing games, we got plenty of tape to evaluate. And now we're putting out stuff every day. Jim, great stuff. Uh, miss you up here in Seattle, but uh, hope to see you or be around you soon. Thanks for joining us on Schooled with a Professor. Yeah, John, thanks for having me on. Be safe up there. Thanks okay. again. And that does it for this week's podcast. In between episodes, you can follow me on Twitter at Clayton ESPN. If you enjoy these weekly one-on-one conversations, consider leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show. Thanks for listening. See you next time on Schooled with a Professor.